0: What's up? What's up? ha, I'm going,
1: my man That's the Southwest Philly Florida, man Shout out to my cousin Burn Shout out to my mom
0: Colony fans welcome to another episode of the goal standard episode 50 five, zero. can't believe wow. it's been that long i can't but we keep churning episodes <laughs> and we appreciate everyone
1: listening all the feedback we get uh we really really do appreciate it we should have like a celebration right now i it just feels like i guess since we just lost i i I don't know why I'm not as happy. It, it's yeah. her fiftieth episode. Yeah, her, th- her thought was, a little, "I wish it was a little more jubilous." But um, you know,
0: we're gonna you know tell it like it is because that's what we do here. <laughs> um, yeah, in this episode, we're gonna be talking about the previous week, the sale going one and one in the week with a win over Richmond and a a tough fought loss yesterday at George Mason. Um, we were there. So, we'll talk about that experience, our road trip, um, as well as previewing um, next week's games, as well as kind of diving into um A-10, touring implications. I usually don't like talking too far in advance, but we're getting very, very close. And LaSalle is, you know, kind of in the thick of things of the A-10 in terms of you know the middle of the pack, and it's a really exciting time. So, uh, I know Philly like usually don't really talk about that, um, because they're usually toward you know the bottom they've been in the previous years. So, um, it'll be we'll be talking about that as well. Um, but to start off, um, I guess it makes sense to talk about Richmond first before we get into the Mason game yesterday, um. So, the more, you know, the the good news before the bad news type of thing. Um, so, yeah. LaSalle defeated Richmond on Wednesday night at Tom Golo Arena, 68-62. You know, it was a very, very greedy performance by the Explorers. You know, they were able at the time to keep that win streak going, you know, to move that to five. You know, Fran, at that point, was, you know, 5-0 and in February. You know, they're calling it Franuary. Maybe we still are. <laughs> um, you know, it was a very hard-fought game. It was kind of a towel of two different halves because uh, LaSalle had 24 points in the first half, um, but then really, really picked it up in the second half, scoring 44. And your huge part, you know, dramas were huge. You know, Hassan was 16, Fusini 13 points and 11 rebounds. You know, Burgess had 13 points four assists and that clutch steal at the end. Um, you know, that kind of sealed the game there. So uh like that was very, very big. Um, you know, Brantley, you know, had nine points, but he had seven rebounds and five assists. So, you know, his um contribution also showed um, you know, LaSalle was able to limit um the Richmond to uh four of twenty two from four of twenty-two from beyond the three-point line. You know Tyler Burton and you know uh Quinn, Neil Quinn, both had solid performances, both with 16 points. But um, you know LaSalle showed up. That was a really big win, um, you know to beat a team like Richmond.
1: Um, yeah. Was this the best game of the Drummies LaSalle career? I think both of them. I think combined. I think I would, uh, I would say
0: both of them combined. I know there was one game. I think one of them at 24. It might have been a little while ago. I don't know what the other one did that game, but um, yeah. Collectively, I definitely say so. It was very noticeable. Yeah. I know it can be frustrating, you know, <laughs> you know, because they they pump fake a lot. But I mean, they we needed them,
1: and they really came through in a big way. They definitely did. They definitely did. We needed that that game. I don't. It did feel like without them, because Brantley wasn't at like he wasn't scoring at the clip he was he he he's we're used to, and. Brickus, I mean, he was there too. I feel like like we do lean on our guards a lot, and this game wasn't exactly their best game, by any means. So we needed support from the rest of the team, and we got it in the Draw my twins. So that was that was huge. That was yeah. huge. Yeah. The I, thing is, like you said, if Khalil doesn't have his
0: A plus scoring game, you're going to need someone else because Brickus is always going to look to is always going to look to facilitate first to get people involved you know, to pass the ball or, you know, get people really good looks, he'll drive around the rim and then, you know, pass to give someone an even better look. So, you know, the Dramas, you know, were the X factor and, you know, they were the people who stepped up because this, you know, Nickelberry didn't have, you know, his three-point shooting kind of game that he had in the previous, you know, four games, he was really lining up. He was cold. So for the Dramas to step up and, you know,
1: contribute with that scoring punch was, you know, very vital for the Explorers to victory. Yeah, stats aside, I want to say, and this was obviously last Wednesday, so my memory may not serve me well here. But when Shepard dunked over that seven-footer, um, Quinn, I believe, mm-hmm. or, or is that was his last name? Yeah, Quinn. Um, Quinn's the big guy. Yeah, the Richmond's big man um, got dunked on by Deshaun Shepard, and that was a poster by all like by all accounts. And I think that that boosted the morale. That that got a, a shock in the team, and it helped. I think that that was a big turning point, yeah, at least absolutely. from what I saw. No, absolutely. Um,
0: it definitely, like, flicked the switch, and I feel like it turned things around. I completely agree. That's a really good memory and good it's, call.
1: It's really cool to see everybody rally around Deshaun. Like, I think that anytime he does well, it's, it like, okay, so most of our most of our guys, like, if they do well, you'll see the, the normal positive reinforcement. But when Deshaun does something, like, really well, I think that the bench responds a lot more to it. Like, it's it's a bigger boost. It feels like a bigger boost because, like, he was buried in the depth chart last season. He didn't get a chance. Like, he definitely had something to prove. And I think that he's, like, a really big rallying point around the mm-hmm. team when they play. That's just my two cents. Like, I, I don't look at the bench that often when guys are making plays. But I do think that when Deshaun Shepard does something impactful, it resonates more with the team
0: even in this season i feel like at one time like he was kind of buried on a depth chart yeah um but you know he's really been an x factor and
1: made a significant contribution um, Absolutely. and i completely agree with what you just said yeah yeah that's just my uh all, all, you know stats aside what i've noticed um we we need him to stay man he's got we got to keep him um yeah I my last so. thought back to more stats is that uh, that winning streak after beating Richmond, we we hadn't won five straight in the A10 since 2017. Okay, wow. so that that alone is just insane to me. I don't think I've ever, well, I have seen it before, but it had been so long since we've seen five in a row. Rich, I didn't know how to like. I didn't know how to like talk or think about it. I'm not used to this at all. It's very yeah. difficult being a team that's like. Almost We we almost had a target on our back being the hottest team in the A-10, and it's very mm-hmm. rare to have that experience. Um, additionally, another stat was that the last time a five-game win streak happened was in 2017, and the last day, last time a seven-game win streak happened was in 2006. Those stats are from Josh Verlin, wow. uh, the local uh, Philly reporter, uh, City of Basketball Love. Um, he's just everywhere, so kudos to those stats, but that just says so much that that the position they were in after that Richmond win was very rare as a LaSalle program. This does not happen. I was blown away and I honestly I just felt speechless when I when I saw that we had one five in a row. It it didn't feel real, Rich.
0: Yeah, it was really cool and I know we are near we're getting near the end of the basketball season and you know this is, you know, year one to friend Dumphy. And I know, you know, people are looking forward to the tournament. You know, looking forward, um, for us, you know, um, you know, moving up the standings. But for me, it really—I'm really kind of soaking. I'm trying to soak in as much of these games as possible because you know we're, there's only four games left, and it went by pretty quickly. And it's just great to see obviously you never want to see them lose, but just seeing that five game win streak and just seeing how far they've come from last year. Like, I didn't think this was possible. Like to see this type of the way they're playing. It's just really great to see. I'm just trying to soak it in before, you know, before the season's over and it is really just cool to see. Absolutely. Um,
1: Yeah. So that's my little two cents there. One other thing, um, Chris Mooney, the head coach at Richmond, is going to be taking a leave of absence for the remainder of the season um, to deal with a very serious heart issue. They have to remove an aneurysm uh, from his heart, so uh, obviously requiring surgery and a lot of downtime here. So really, really hope you know everything turns out okay. We'll be thinking about him. Um, you never want to hear that, even if it's a rival team or anything like that. You never want to hear no, that a coach no. is going to be – um doing serious surgery for a condition that is very serious so we wish him all the best uh and you know we won't be playing Richmond again in, unless it's in the tournament but we wish the team all the best we hope that the morale stays high and they're able to you know cheer him on as he goes through this process so we'll be we'll be thinking about him for sure yeah i wish him
0: you know nothing but the best speedy recovery um yeah i i think i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure he's the longest tenured you know, head coach in the A10, so you know we've seen him a lot. Um, yeah, seems like a great guy. I know he's from the area, um. So it probably meant a little bit for him, like for him. I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but for to coach in Philly before he took leave, though that meant anything. But I heard that he knew about this like a month ago, and he did. That was his last game. I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but um, I I hope um he recovers well and. You know, hopefully,
1: we'll see him again on the bench. But um, you know, his health is first, of course. Yep, definitely had to definitely had to mention that before. to yeah, no, no. George Mason. Thanks for mentioning that. Yeah,
0: um, yeah. So moving on to Mason LaSalle played at George Mason yesterday in Fairfax, Virginia. It was George Mason's homecoming. Um, you know, we were able to partake in that thanks to um, by George Jim you giant killer um, and a few other handles um uh yeah so getting to the game LaSalle lost a really devastating one 70 to 66 um i played very very hard but it just seemed that the official, like the officiating, kind of was the difference. I don't really, I really don't want to say that. I'm trying to be. <laughs> I hope you keep on listening after this, but it's like <laughs> they can only take it so much. Yeah. After all these calls, you know the difference. Lasalle had 29 fouls. Mason had 15. Lasalle shot five, 13 free throws compared to Mason's 34. It, it just seemed like every time they're getting, you know, ticky tack calls. And it wasn't reciprocated on the other end. And LaSalle could only overcome so much of that. Yep. Um. And it kind of, at the end, it was kind of a difference. And it was like, it was kind of a shame. I don't want to spend too much time on it. Um, I'll, obviously, I'll let you comment about it. But it was just too much to overcome. It kind of looks like, it kind of felt like
1: it was like six on five. Um. Yeah, that's all. But, yeah. but you said it best when we were leaving this team needs a level playing field. Yeah. And whether you agree with the refereeing or not, the numbers yeah. don't lie. And if you have something like that weighing against our team, it's not, it's like it decreases our chances of winning significantly. We don't have the margin to make up for that. Exactly. We play exactly. so
0: hard. It's like, that's going to be the distinguishing factor that obviously wasn't a the factor. They were better than us, but they don't have room for error like that. They're going to battle hard and
1: yeah. yeah. We can't let the refs like, yeah, we can't, even we can't. if it's, we even can't. if it's just a little bit, like even if it's mm-hmm. like two or three bad calls. Yeah. It's like, well, if they want make more three throws, I guess. Yeah. You can say, yeah. you could also say that the, mm-hmm. the, there's the alternative mm-hmm. here. The mindset you could have is that they went five for 13 from free throw. Mm-hmm. from Exactly. With, from, exactly. And that was the storyline at the beginning of this game. I was like, we keep missing free throws, man. Yeah. Um, so you could take it two different ways. You could have two different mindsets yeah, here, uh, regarding how we lost and why we lost. Uh the angry fan could say, you know, it was all the ref's fault. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, the more introspective fan could say, well, we kind of hurt ourselves by missing all those free throws. Um, both are true, I would say. <laughs> you could go yeah. either route, and I would be I would, yeah. I, would I would accept both. Um, I, I I have one thought on this game, and I'm not the type I know we talk about if it's a silver lining, if there's like a moral victory here. Um, I love the way they hung tough throughout the oh, game. I, mm-hmm. I think that they had the fight to win at every point. Like there was no a great point I agree. when they gave up. And I, I think it, it is a bit of a moral victory here in the sense that this team did not get down on themselves despite All of these factors—the missed free throws, the refereeing, the atmosphere—all those things didn't phase them. They stayed in it, and they could have won this game. I mean, it really came down to like two or three. It really came down to like two or three plays Mm -hmm. that decided this game, and that just shows you, like, if a few go, if one or two go our way, like we win. We we we, we've won our sixth in a row. Yeah, we're Um, going nuts on here. So yeah, yeah, we'd be going crazy. But that that makes me feel better that we were just right there which is the case if, if you remember these past few games in the a10 we've been losing either close games or winning convincingly so it's like yeah we're right there i'm not saying that you know be happy with the loss nobody's happy with this but i do think that there's something to take from it that this team is gonna fight to the bitter end yeah i i, I agree um it just felt so kind of
0: demoralizing at the time when they lost. You saw the whole team. You know, we were there, like right behind the bench, and you saw how distraught they looked. You know, walking out of the tunnel. You know, Fran was the first one. And if I was Fran, leading my team after they came to the locker room after the game, I was like, you know what, guys, forget it about that one. Like, forget about that one. You get, you know, you gave it your all. You fought really, really hard. You know, forget about that one. The refs didn't, you know, the ref- I don't want to say that, but like, you know what? If you're friend you're like, you know, that one was kind of taken away from us. And mm-hmm. you know what? Like, who cares? I don't care. Let's, you know, beat Duquesne. I'm worried about Duquesne. Yeah. I mean, I'm worried about Duquesne. Yeah. It is kind of funny to me. Not funny, but I am I was kind of thinking that, like, well, I was wondering if, like, what ha- what would happen if we had, Ashley Howard coaching and, you know, all those fouls are happening. You know, Les Jones was there. You know what happened last time? You know, yeah. Les Jones, it was rough the game. You know, FNBS less. you know, I think when Ray, they called Phelan Ray and Ashton didn't think it was, I'm like, what if Ash got kicked out of that game? But Dumphy remained cool. You know, he didn't get yes. teed up. He didn't get ejected. He kept cool. He was probably pissed, but he kind of internalized it. And I'm sure he kind of talked about it in the locker room you know we got robbed the one or you know forget about it you know yep. we'll you know use this motivation whatever you're angry toward they all look so angry we use that motivation to do Kane and you know the
1: game games this week but you know yeah. don't worry about that one that's a good point they they really do care and it but it's not in a way that gets anybody ejected or or <laughs> loses the locker room with anger you know like they care um the emotions you can see the emotions when they lost that game but no one check, got out though. of control. They kept it in check. They know that they're good. They know that this te- they know that they're good. Like LaSalle, we we know that they're good. We've seen them at their best so far. And we know that the they, they know that they could have had this one. So it, everybody, I feel like the feel feeling is mutual amongst any LaSalle fan here. The ref sucked. We missed some free throws. Yeah. We'll get them next time. Like I've I've so much optimism despite the loss. That that part about Les is hilarious. There's a little story on the side there from this game. One of a fan, one of the fans was yelling at at Les, and we were chirping because obviously the calls weren't going our way. And Les was getting some a sip of water, and he told he told one of the fans that he Les is 66 years old, which is amazing. First off, you look he's good shape, and he uh, he said if you came out here, you wouldn't be able to go up and down the court once. Which (laughs) I thought I thought was funny. I know we have a history with Less and uh, like you mentioned Ash got ejected because of Less. Um <laughs> but it was really funny to see the ref interact with us and he that was, was cool. literally was just cool, leaning yeah. on the railing like next to where we were seated talking back while during a timeout. Cool. I thought I thought that was funny and and shows you that everybody's human and mm-hmm. and uh sometimes they just don't see the calls that we see. <laughs> no, I mean, I give him credit. Like, he was having fun with it.
0: Obviously, you know, refs get a lot of crap, but, you know, I thought he did it in like good taste.
1: Yeah. Um, definitely. So, so that was kind of, that was kind of. He could cool have ejected him. You know, the refs have the power to eject fans. Uh, he could have totally I'm done it. Sure I'm, sure I'm sure he's heard worse. Yeah. Oh, but for sure. Doesn't make it. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't make it okay. <laughs> um,
0: But for the game itself, we'll say I'll have pretty good guard play. only 20 points. It seemed like in that end of the game stretch, whenever they needed a bucket, Khalil was making, you know, clutch shot after clutch shot after clutch shot. Um, you know, Brickis had 15 points and, you know, Shep had six points, but he had 13 boards. Oh, I mean, he's incredible. Pretty, pretty impressive. Glass. Pretty impressive stuff. Oh, so oh and he had that one um, alley-oop that was oh. from like half court. And it was like, what? Well, like that was really, really cool. Like, one of the best dunks I think I've seen all year. It was yeah. the best dunk that I've seen all year. It you was, know, I need to
1: go back I mean, and watch that. Yeah, I, I just thought of that too. It was on ESPN Plus. I, I got to clip that and post yeah. it because that was the coolest dunk we had seen all season, maybe in the past like five years. Like, <laughs> yeah, I I didn't see an alley oop like that. He seemed like he was in air for about three seconds, like Mac McClung. Yeah, it was insane. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: but you know, Josh Dora was just a real beast and menace. Yes. Um, for Mason you know, 25 points on 10 of 16, and, um, you know, we had uh, difficulty guarding him. He, You know, he could do what he wanted. Yep. Um, You know, 25 points, seven boards, three steals, two blocks, I and mean, he kind of filled it up. You know, Polite, you know, did very well in the second half, 15 points, six boards, six assists. He was a real factor. Yep. He kept them in the game and, you know, killed any momentum LaSalle had in the second half. He did well. And then Coop also, you know, 13 points, nine boards. You know, he – contributed and you know they all made some clutch free throws as well but um i mean i give them credit they battled back and um and they're a good team too they're right with us and now you know they're eight and seven we're seven and seven they play one more game but now they have that tiebreaker over us which is yeah you know these tiebreakers these head-to-heads are so important right now because how close the A 10 standings are so you know the
1: head-to-head victory is huge um definitely definitely so i mean i, I credit credit mason yeah definitely shifting gears to the atmosphere, Rich like. I thought it was a really cool atmosphere. We're we're not used to this type of effect, like the the green machine. I mean, insane. From the moment those doors opened, I'm pretty sure the green machine was playing songs. Yeah, come on, yeah. And then an hour after the game, was that a concert? It was a concert. It was a three three hour concert. It's it's just really incredible. They had so many pieces. It was like there was like forty people there with singers. Um, drummers if you guys go to the a10 tournament please go try and see a, a george mason game because i know that they will be there and they will put on a show regardless of what happens on the court that was just a really cool thing to see i, I was telling rich beforehand i was like i'm really excited to see the green machine because i've heard a lot about it um aside from that uh yeah shout out to Jim, you giant killer by george liam joe andy you guys are great hosts We experienced homecoming uh, out in the parking lot. Um, It was fun. Granted, it was mostly just like students getting wild. So we we, (laughs) we were like, oh, we feel a little old here. Um, But at least there was some chicken on the grill and some beverages. We also got a picture with the mascot. Yeah, that was cool. Mr. Patriot or whatever you want to call them. Um, So I was really glad we got to go there for homecoming. That was probably the they said it it was probably um the best atmosphere you'll get all season um i will say though students weren't standing um there was a press conference after the game kim english was like begging the students to stand um which just goes to show you this is a this is a college-wide prog- problem like this is all across college basketball there's several programs in each conference that bring out the fans like consistently they have good culture they've good student bodies that have official student organizations that lead these things. But I swear 80% of these schools are dealing with the same issues LaSalle's dealing with. And I saw it there. I mean, they were there, like the students were kind of there, but they were seated. It reminded me a lot of our students, Rich. They were just Mm -hmm. seated there. They were, they were yelling, maybe they were cheering a little bit, but by no means were they all standing at the same time in a uniform fashion, chanting and yelling and things like that. Um, so, uh, you know, if, if you can't get that out there for homecoming and in a school with thirty five thousand undergrads, uh, what they're the I th- we think that they're the largest school in the A-10 um, for homecoming. You can't get people to stand. That just shows you it's, these kids do not care yeah. about college basketball as much. It, it, it's it's a sad truth. It's why the big five is where it is right now. And 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 there has I honestly I don't really know what a solution is. I just I'm an observer here and I, we're seeing it across across all these other colleges i mean maybe when we go to gw we'll see a better student section maybe they'll pull out all the stops for us but for the most part rich it's not like you know rhode island they weren't they weren't busy either there was there wasn't like students packing to the gills for that thing either so um yeah it's a problem college or you know d1 athletics wide i would say yeah yeah um Do you
0: want to talk about anything more on the
1: road trip? Um, Yeah. Do you want to talk about (laughs) it? We we stopped at cookout. That was a bucket list item for me. Um, I definitely need to go back because the menu was so overwhelming, but I thought I made a great choice. Um, Got the double cheddar burger, cheddar style burger with Cajun chicken wrap, hush puppies and a Reese's shake. So that was, that was good. I was happy with that. And then on the way home, Oh, we went to uh,
0: <laughs>
1: we went to Waffle House, which was the I first mean, time. obviously, first time. yeah, first timers, believe it or not. Um, Never again. I do think that there are better Waffle Houses out there. I don't think we were at one that was really that that great. But I will say the waffle batter. The waffles good. Better than a continental breakfast. You would find at a hotel or something like that. Yeah. Um, I understand the late night appeal. OK, I understand going out there at 2 a.m going to Waffle House, but I don't, I would never go at nine or what was it? Eight o'clock. Yeah. No, nobody's in there. Yeah. No, <laughs> but we did it. We'd crossed yeah. that off the bucket list as well. So we got to see a lot of things um we wouldn't normally see. And it's all credit to us just going on the road trips. It's definitely a fun thing to do. And we met a lot of Los Al fans on the way. So there was about 20 of us. Yeah. Give or oh, I had a good, con- good contingent there. Yeah. I, I liked it a lot. So it was fun to talk about. Some things. We had a pregame pregame uh thing at, at O George Tables and Tap House. Shout out Beth for organizing that. Um you guys gotta come out. If you're an Explorers fan, try and go to a road game because it's a great time. Uh you, you get to meet people that you probably wouldn't meet at a at a home game because there's just too many people. Um it's a good experience. It's a good experience. I'll I'll leave it with that.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a different type of, you know, interaction. You get more like, you know, one-on-one time with, you know, certain people um, that you may not get. Like, you know, we're able to talk to Cal one-on-one. Yep. and have you know, more, you know, personal conversations. So that's pretty cool, you know, talking with Cal. um, Yeah, so that, you know, that's always something. Um, definitely. So moving on to, you know, next week, really two big games. First on Wednesday, playing at home versus Duquesne. I think they're a pretty good defensive team. I know they're led by J. Day Grant, 16 points per game. Trey Clark, 12 points per game, and he's a very good defender. Um, and also have you know Tevin Brewer, Trey Williams. That's gonna be a very key matchup. Like right now, Duquesne is fifth in the A ten, they're eight and six. So, you know, to get that tiebreaker is just huge. Um So it's going to, it's a, I mean, right now, like that's the most important game of the year, obviously. And you can say that for every game going forward, but this is just huge. I know, I feel like some teams, they've really blown out who they play. I think they beat St. Joe's by a good amount of points. Um, And even GW, one of the games they played. So it's, it's a big game. Um, And I think we've beaten them two years in a row. Obviously, this team is a lot a lot better. So, LaSalle, I mean, LaSalle's played most of their games pretty close. Like, they haven't really yeah. gotten blown out in any game. I, I mean, they might have lost by to double digits to VCU in St. Louis. But other than that, they've been very, very competitive. And I'm hoping that's the case against Duquesne. But I know, you know, it's going to take a really good effort. So, I'm hoping they use any kind of motivation from that loss at Mason against Duquesne yeah definitely I mean,
1: just think about it <laughs> last time last uh, season we played Duquesne last game of the season we were both terrible we we got the dub it was our first road trip I would say mm-hmm. and uh, times have changed because we, we lost three guys since then and they have gotten a lot better since then so I, I do treat it like an entirely new matchup right there's nothing you can take from the first or from our first road trip last season, right? I, I don't think I can take anything from that game and place it on this this matchup aside from... No, no, no.
0: You not know, at the... all. I mean,
1: Jack Clark, I think I had like 30
0: points of that game. He's gone. Yeah. I mean, Clifton, I think did pretty well he's gone. Or Clifton, I play, mean, I forget. But yeah, you, I feel you can't really take much. I mean, no. you know, Duke that's actually a really good point. Like Duke two best players like Jackie Johnson and um, the dude at Georgetown, Primo Spears, they're not even there. Yeah. I mean, it's a whole different team so you're right it's like apples and oranges you can't yeah. you can't compare it at all um they're and, very uh, good I think they're very yeah they're very
1: good right everyone's very surprised by Duquesne's success so we've got to stop that we've got to stop that right away yeah <laughs> nip that in the bud <laughs> yep um
0: so we also take on you know at we go to George Washington next Saturday. We're going to go there. Hopefully we can, they can avoid the Gold Boys jinx. You know, we're 0-2 on road trips. We don't, we really don't want them to go over three or, you know, we might not be allowed back. So, yeah. I hope they, they can get a victory. But, I know GW is going to have revenge on the mind, on their minds, because we beat them at Tom Gall Arena. Um, You know, Bishop and Adams are you know, two of the top five scorers in the A ten, you know, Bishop is number one at twenty one points per game. I mean, they're coming off a pretty big win today, you know, beating Bonaventure yeah. in overtime. Um, so obviously that's huge for them. Um, uh, but in the first game, maybe the no difference, you know, they averaged thirty-eight points per game combined, Adams and Bishop, that is, and you know, they had twenty-six that game, only shooting eight of twenty-seven from the field. Um and, you know, LaSalle was able to limit their shooting 37.5%. So if they can do that again, hopefully um, they can do that. I know it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. I mean, every single game, especially in the middle of the pack, it seems like every team is so even. It's just yeah. kind of crazy. And, you know, we're going to their house. Um, is it called – what's their student section called? George's Army? Is that right? Yeah, I think that like, so. I mean, I, I think they actually do stand. Yeah. Um, And I think that's going to be raucous. That'll be pretty cool. You know, playing at six o'clock I feel like we don't want really, to. We usually play at like usually two. So even at four o'clock, like this Saturday, was a little different. But the six o'clock, a little that's different. Um, so that should be fun. Um, yeah, I I know it's gonna be tough, and um, it'll be you know a fun little guard matchup between our guards and their guards. Yeah, um, I think our bench is a little deeper than theirs because I feel like they're you know their uh, starting five is pretty good. Um, uh, you know with Lindo. And Dean and also, you know, the stud freshman and Maximus Edwards. So that, uh, yeah, I really I'll look forward to that matchup again. Hopefully uh, we can be victorious, but we'll see. That'll be fun. But yeah, yeah. these two next games are a battle and a grind. And, um, you know, I, I really want that two in a week. Like that's what I yeah. shoot for. Obviously, we went one on one last week, but they're really going to dig deep to uh, get that this week.
1: Yeah. Why does it have to be when we go on these road trips? It's it's a revenge yeah, no. style game. When we went to Rhode Island, it was revenge style. When we go to GW this time, it's going to be revenge. Um Mason was just Mason. We lost. But this is like, ah, I hate that. I hate that. You know we you know lost. that they're going to be talking about it. Like, remember what happened last time. It's in their, the taste, the bad taste of yeah. Ola, the chlorine is in their nostrils still. So they want to get that out in front of their home crowd, which at 6 p.m. That should result in a much nicer turnout than maybe like a weekend weekday game or a noon or two o'clock game. I would imagine that it's going to be a nice crowd and we'll bring the noise on our side, but we're looking forward to seeing, you know, Ryan Paleo and and George's army seeing what kind of chance they've got. We'll see. You know, we've been, we've been tweeting with them for a long time and we finally get to see this arena, the Charles E Smith center E's for entertainment. And uh rumor has it, there's a pool in there. So this is a rivalry in more ways than one I would <laughs> say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not to mention I think that GW just won the A10 swimming title. Wait, like really? Like in not men's a and way? women's. I'm pretty sure they're the best swim. I'm pretty sure they just won a, I, I, I want to say it. I I scroll through Twitter very fast, but I'm pretty sure I saw that the men's and women's George Washington Swim team have won the Atlantic 10. So we'll see if this pool is indeed a fast pool, as they say. Okay. Okay.
0: <laughs> like I said earlier, I don't usually like to, you know, jump too far ahead of things, but we're coming to the end of the season. And LaSalle, you know, is in the middle of the pack of things in the A 10. Um, so there it's is rare. huge. Yeah, it is rare. We've really seen this. Um, you know, we're usually I'm taking it game by game. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. Like I'm saying, I'm embracing every single game I'm soaking it in. You know, we wait all year for the college basketball season. You know, there's only 30 some, and before you know it, it's gone. And then, you know, you have the off season. Um, and then you're just waiting for the schedule to be released. Um, so it seems like there's you know Huge implications in these, you know, next two, these next two weeks. You know, LaSalle's sitting at seven and seven and seventh and George, uh, you know, Duquesne's in fifth, eight and six in the conference, and GW is in eighth. Right now, GW and us have the same exact record, seven and seven in conference and 13 and 14 overall. We're ahead of them because of the head ahead. So it's just monumental every game matters every game's the biggest game like i said before and like right now i think like the magic number to be safe to get that bye to play on wednesday is 10 wins which is very very tough but it requires a 3 and 1 record in the next you know in the next 4 games so it'd be i feel like that easiest solution would be you know 2 and 0 this week and then 1 and 1 you know splitting it against you know, losing probably Dayton and then being Loyola, but it's going to be very tough. Like I know I'm people, scared, you know, oh, we're, yeah, we're like, Oh, they're in sixth place, but it's like, well, there's still a lot of ball left. A lot of even teams that, you know, it's our coin flip and the A10 is a tough league and Dumpy knows that. Um, so a lot can happen. Obviously I'm not going to go in detail, you know, I mean, I probably, I could, with, you know, the next two weeks, t- team by team, but we're only focused about LaSalle. Obviously, there's so many implications that will, you know, fluctuate the standings, but I think a three and one in the next four games would get us to that bye game to play on Wednesday, which is huge. So, yeah, I think that's what needed. Um, I mean, that is the goal. I feel like that's the goal. Like, that is, like, my goal. Like, that would be a huge, so, like, uh, like be a top eight seed in the A-10 from where they were last year, from where they were even at the Lafayette game. It's just unbelievable. Like, and that I feel like would definitely be well, like a success in my opinion. Um, It seems like France changed things around and he's gotten the most out of his guys. And, you know, they're playing, they are playing for him very hard. It kind of also like, I'm thinking about, you know, just, you know, he picks his spots when, you know, um, something goes wrong instead of kind of those, um, disciplinarian types or people get a more emotional. And it, it looks like the team has responded really well. So I'm hoping, you know, the team can, you know, they're really mad at what happened yesterday, um, at Mason and, you know, they can take that forward uh, to the rest of the season. They're like, you know what, we're going to do this for Fran friend. And, um, We're going to finish top eight in the A-10.
1: Yeah. This season is so crazy as far as you could just throw a dart at a dartboard on who could win this league. And the uncertainty makes this double, this buy, this double, whatever you want, to like Mm -hmm. all the buys so important. If you can get a buy in this tournament this season, it feels like you're already like halfway there. You're already like halfway to winning the conference. It's so massive. This year, especially, there's no like because there's so many teams that could do it. And if you if you lose one or two games and you drop out of that buy spot, guess what? You have to play an extra game or two against teams that are just as dangerous as you are. Teams that could easily make a run. So the less games you play in this tournament, the better you'll be. Yeah, Um, I know that the hot teams can win, but I'm a believer this season that you want to just avoid as many teams as you can and get that buy. Right, Rich. Yeah. I mean, you know, you talk about playoffs and hot teams can make these runs and stuff like that. I don't think that that's going to happen in this 8 10 playoff. I think, I think the hot team is going to maybe win two or whatever you call them hot coming out of Tuesday's win or whatever, and they'll somebody come in and cool them off that maybe shouldn't be. You know what I mean? Even if they have a buy, it's it's. The, it's all so fluct, it's fluctuating every day. We play these games, mm-hmm. so on any given day, and one team could beat another team, and that's why I'm of the opinion this season that like uh, the hottest team isn't actually going to be the hottest. I don't think there is going to be such a thing as a hot team in this tournament. Yeah,
0: I do. Th- I know what you just said, but I feel like for me, those top three are you know, superior. I, I've I've seen that kind of all year with, you know, Dayton, VCO, and Slough. Yeah. And I I would be surprised. Like if I would they be lost. surprised if if one of those three doesn't win it. I, I'd be shocked. Really? And people this yeah, season
1: I, feels crazy. Yeah.
0: It, no, it is crazy, but I don't I'd be I would be shocked if it wasn't one of those three. I, I would be I would be shocked. I wouldn't um, I'm used to this all season. Like but I, I see feel like those three have been dom- like those top three have been I feel like the most consistent teams in the conference and it could happen, but another point I was trying to make was, and this is what you were saying with the buy. If you get that, like the single buy, you only have to play two days in a row because you get another, bot. like you get Friday, uh, Friday off. So that kind of like changes things. It's like, well, so, you know, Tuesday, you'd have to play three games and then off, but then, like if two games and you're off, then like you get like a break. So that's huge. You know what I mean? It yeah. kind of changes the dynamics. Like you want to play, or oh, you get an off day. So the teams on Thursday, they're gonna be, you know, their last game's probably, you know, on that Saturday and have to sit until Thursday. They play that one game, they're off again. Like so that's it, really it's nice. Very interesting. Yeah, it'll be interesting dynamic. But so the teams on Wednesday. It's like they play two and they're off again, so that's – and then they have to play two more. Yeah, It's it's very interesting. So, it, I mean, it could happen. I mean, that's not a bad step, so you get that single by, you know, those teams five to eight. You never know, but um, it's very interesting. But personally, I, I think those top three teams, I think it'll be one of them, but you never know. It, like you said, the conference has been wild. Um, the, the so, middle of the pack is
1: crazy to me. It that's is. What I, like, that's to why was 4 to
0: 14 I, is very strong. That's why four I think like 4 to 14 like, is
1: crazy or, yeah. And, yeah he, 4 to 14 is crazy strong. That's crazy. There's so many teams. Like mm-hmm. anybody could win the the bye, like you just said you get Friday off if you play on Thursday with the bye. You get another bye on Friday. It just makes the bye so so important in this tournament. You're going to be the freshest team as far as health wise Um and yeah, I it's just this is the this is the most important buy in A ten tournament history, it feels like, because of the scheduling. Did Bernadette like Commissioner burn like have that foreshadowing? Friday, I don't know. Did she take Friday off of the schedule because she wants those teams to really battle it out for that buy to like bring more value to the buy? I don't, I don't know. know. Like, is it because it's like a
0: Friday and Lent and like they can't eat meat, so they can't play? They I don't know. Like they won't be as strong. <laughs> There's as only a few eat. Catholic schools in it. In the a-10 no and, uh, there's more than a few there's like way more than a few it's more than half isn't it yeah probably there's some there's there's a like good of catholic schools
1: yeah you think they petitioned <laughs> yeah the catholic schools are like friday we we won off yeah we can't eat meat so we can't play yeah we're we got a lot of meat eaters on this team yeah and they need to be in tip-top shape if they can't eat meat they're not gonna be able to play well on friday <laughs> so that's why boom no. that we just we just poked it's holes in the code way. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't wait for this tournament. It's going to be, I feel like it's going to be oh. bizarre and we'll be there for it. Hopefully, hopefully LaSalle, uh, I don't know if we'll physically be there for the <laughs> earlier rounds, but our goal is to be there on Thursday if they get there. So let's see, let's, they got to earn it three and one, Rich. I don't know. I'm scared to think yeah, about gonna that. Be like, it's gonna be really gonna to, yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Yeah, it's going to be very tough. Oh. I can't imagine. Like, So what you're saying is going one, and one in one this week and one and one next week. Mm-hmm. Won't be enough to get the buy. Uh, I don't think it will be. I, okay. I don't think it will be. It could, but I yeah, it, it could. But I would say what, if we like beat George, of- If we beat GW, but lose to Duquesne, and then
0: it could it lose could to you, you could I I, I beat- think ten is the magic number not to sweat it. Nine, you could you could win it with nine. Okay. yeah, you could be in the top eight, but it'd be like. I think you have to beat GW again. So if you beat, so if you just beat GW and Loyola, and then it's all like you know tiebreakers are going to determine like if you're you know eight or nine or ten.
1: Yeah. Oh, it does feel feel like. Does this make okay? So the last four games, it's it's
0: it's literally going to come down to this. Like the Mason game is probably going to be the difference (sighs) of it is like, yeah. I mean, if you can say, but you can press say that about so many other teams. They can yeah. say that about like any, like UMass could say that about uh, like I don't if they could move up higher, if you know, yeah,
1: whatever. So but I can't like, say I'm not allowed to say GW is the biggest game of the season coming up, right? I know every I mean, you we say every like game, every game, every like, game, but is GW if you talk about buys and seeding, is GW the most important game? Because Dayton and Duquesne like, no, are kind of like
0: Duquesne. Duquesne, if we beat Duquesne we like have the same conference record and we jump them because we have a tiebreaker with them. We both wow. be eight and seven. That's crazy to think about.
1: So we be like, that's the biggest game. Every game is the biggest game. Yeah. Every it... game. A <laughs> 10 baby. It's insane. I love it. I love it. I'm getting hyped for this because I, I didn't really understand the implications until I just talked it through with you just now. I've just been living my life one game at a time. Yeah, and now that I get to think to about it. uh, it's fun. It's it makes me nervous, but it's kind of fun yeah. to think about the future and what what it holds. So we we're oh, really excited. It is, it, it is. Can't wait. can't wait, can't wait. Let's go. Yep.
0: Um. <laughs> yeah. Do you have anything else? I um, feel like that's it. I feel like um, you know, we covered everything. Uh. The best definitely. We could. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, yeah. Yeah. It should be exciting. You know, rest of the season. Um. You know, before you know, I'll be gone. But um, you know, it's been a good ride, and uh, I know it'll be fun um you know the next couple of weeks the you know until the A10 tournament yep
1: ah uh, here we go strap in yeah we'll be taking the train to GW on saturday so looking forward to to that one let us know if you guys are going to be in in attendance um maybe bring some noise we'll see what happens um looking forward to these next few games yeah i can't wait i hope they win at Oh, GW, we're, we're really going to... People get other mentions. Don't you dare go on the road trip. <laughs> we have to. We'll have to go to every arena. So it's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. But thanks for following me along on our journey. Our wonderful wonderful journey to not only see basketball, but the food places, the recommendations yeah, are all very interesting. And we, we're learning a lot about the A-10 landscape. So at yeah. the end of this whole thing, maybe we'll have like a nice little summary of like who's got it, and who doesn't, like what A-10 schools stuck out where were we surprised where did the a10 fall short we'll 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 make a report it'll be uh 12 point font double spaced we'll send it to commissioner Bernadette at the end of our uh, our road trip excapades yeah 12, Escapades. 12 point times new roman just like La LaSalle's font huh. yep AP style um no it's been great LA format or yes. MLA <laughs> MLA oh shoot me that was awful um No, that does it for this episode of The Gold Standard, episode 50. Thank you for being avid listeners. If you don't mind, if you haven't done it yet, subscribe, rate, review. Give us those stars. Follow us on Twitter if you don't already. I'd be very surprised if you didn't do that yet. Um, But, hey, we're here 50, and we don't intend to stop anytime soon. We're going to go to the moon, Rich, so um, we'll keep it coming. But until then, it's a great day to be an explorer. Boat on.